Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here across the table from me again this week is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Yes, and John, Merry Christmas to you and all those that are listening and uh, watching from yeah. all over the world. That's yeah. right. This episode is coming out actually the week before Christmas, mm-hmm. but you know we've decided to take that week off this year mm-hmm. after Christmas uh, just to spend with our families and be present as we possibly can and to really reflect on this year and look back at all the great things that the Lord's done. So yeah, this is going to be our Christmas episode. I just, mm-hmm. you know, Christmas falls on a Monday this year. The show comes out on Tuesday. Right. So I thought it'd be kind of weird to do a Christmas episode the day so after Christmas. A Christmas special? <laughs> yes, it okay, is. there like, you go. All right. Charlie Brown's a little late. That's Snoopy right. will be here in a minute. Right. All right. <laughs> Frosty right. and the gang will be showing up in a minute. Rudolph and all that. But, but yeah, no, this is a Christmas show. And, uh, you know, we've been doing the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about uh, Advent in different ways. And, uh, the different ways that we should focus on our spiritual lives and, of course, the second coming of Christ and all those mm-hmm. things. But this week we want to turn our eyes to the first coming of Christ, right? This this birth of Christ that we're going to remember here this coming Monday and, and really what it means. And I want to, you know, there's all kind of theological things we could dive into and, you know, saints quotes and books that have been written on this. And But I really just want to get into the, at the at a human level, like the, the just the, inc- the incredible of what God has done, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and as I've said before, we our eyes are always drawn to Lent and the crucifixion and, and resurrection and all those things, and they should be, but none of that would have been possible if God hadn't chosen to do what he's going to do here at Christmas and what he did so long ago at Christmas. So I want to get into all that. We're going to start talking about all that here in a minute. But first, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, on behalf of Victor and myself and of Maggie and Billy and Cecilia and my wife Angela and everybody that's involved in our ministry, 2023 was an incredible year. Um, it's hard not to get teared up about it. I, I'm not a guy that looks at a lot of numbers. I'm not a guy that, that just digs into things and you know stat, stats on everything and all that. But you know, Billy being brought on board as the development director, obviously he he's looking for things to go out and be able to share with people about the impact we've made. And so I sat down and I started looking at some of that. And Victor, it blew my mind. Hmm. Um, I mean, in 2023 alone, we gave over seven restored parish missions with over 1,600 people in, in attendance. Um, we had six new men's group launches out of those missions with over 200 men now meeting in groups in parishes that were not meeting groups before. Uh, we held six leadership summits in Beaumont, Texas, the Diocese of Boise, uh, Diocese of Denver, Diocese of Metuchen, Phoenix, and Philadelphia with over 500 leaders in attendance. Uh, we launched a new conference in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, helped those guys down there. Brian Shaver and all those guys launched their new conference and had, for the first one they ever did, they had 187 men in attendance. Um, we also, as far as the podcast reach, you know, we had about 190,000 listens on the audio and about 28,000 views on our YouTube channel that's brand new. I mean, it's only been out a year. 
So, I mean, well over 200,000 listens and views of the podcast. We held a speaker series event here in Memphis with Bill Donahue on gender that over 100 people, 100 people came to. We had teachers in service days. Uh, we were on several shows. Ralph Martin's show, The Choices We Face, which they just reposted yesterday. Uh, the Catholic Vote Loopcast and then the Catholic Talk Show. I mean, that was over 50,000 views of our ministry there and those things. We went to Seek, you know, which had 20,000 people in attendance. We traveled to one foreign country with the pilgrimage going to Israel, but also, uh, man, we traveled to 17 states and 31 cities this year. So grand total looking at all those things with social media and everything, in-person events, the podcast and everything, we were able to reach over 700,000 people this year. That just blows my mind. 700,000 people heard the Word of God through this ministry, um, either in person or through the podcast or the YouTube. And Victor, when we sat out to do this, you know, five years ago or whatever it's been now, never in the in mm-hmm. my life would I have, would have imagined that it would have touched this many people or reached this many people. And I just, <laughs> I'm kind of speechless. Like, I don't know what to say. I mean, the Lord is good. And I just want to thank all of you. Any of you that have been one of those seven hundred thousand views, peoples that have come, people that have come to our events, anything, thank you, thank you for caring, thank you for sharing this, thank you for letting other people know how it's affected you, thank you for coming to the events, and thank you to all the men out there that have stood up in a world that have told men to sit down, and have, have stood up and been willing to 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 launch men's groups to say, you know what, I want to be part of leading something. It's been so incredible to be a part of this, and I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, and to those of you that might be blown away by those numbers now, it's allowed us to bring on team members. It's allowed us to to narrow down our vision of who and what the Lord, like what we're called to be and what the Lord wants of us. And so, folks, if you're as amazed by those numbers as I am, I would just ask you to consider, if you haven't, to, to give to our mission. You can see here, I mean, what I just read to you, the impact that it's having, the lives that it's changing. And we need more support to be able to go out. I'd like to be able to say next year that we've reached 1.4 million people, right, to double that number and to reach more people through the podcast, through the live events, through anything that we do. But that's only made possible by your support. So here we are at year end, and many of you may you know, be a part of companies that, that have company matches, or you may be a, someone who owns a company that's looking to, to give for tax purposes or an individual that wants to give for tax purposes here at the end of the year, whatever your reason may be. Here at the end of the year, I just ask you to consider uh, here at the end of 2023, giving to our mission to spur us on into 2024 so we can grow and add the team members that we need to continue to meet the demand out there for men's ministry. I'm telling you, this is a part of the church that is underserved and is needed more now than ever. And we're doing it. We're going out there and helping these parishes build fruit that lasts. So folks, if you want to be a part of that, continue to be a part of it. You want to be a partner in the pew with us, then go to justagotinthepew.com, click our support button and join us there, or go to donorbox.org slash pew, and you can do everything online there. Again, I want to thank you for those who give. I want to say thank you to those who will consider giving now that you've heard the impact that this has had. None of it would be possible without you guys listening, whether you're giving or not. So thank you for all of that. God bless you and your families, and Merry Christmas as we dive into this Christmas episode. So Vic, like, you know, there's this time of year, I have a playlist I like to bust out, and I'd forgotten about it. You know, we were riding one day in the car, and I was complaining. Angel and the kids were in there. And we were Baby going, shark, right? Yeah. That's what you <laughs> like. We were going Christmas shopping <laughs> and all that stuff. And there was just, like, horrible Christmas songs on the radio. Yeah. Like, ones that have nothing to do with Jesus and all mm-hmm. that stuff. 
And I was like, oh, I hate this music. And Angel's like, well, why don't you have make your own list? And I was like, well, I do have a list. Mm-hmm. And one of the songs that's in there is one that's relatively new. Uh, it's by Josh Turner, and I can't remember the young lady's name, but it's called The Manger. Mm-hmm. And it's all about uh, the manger scene. And, and, and really this, this young girl and, and, and he are singing about the Lord, the incarnation of our Lord and how he chose to do it. And it's a very simple kind of folky country song mm-hmm. about it, but it's just really profound. And it's one that I listen to a bunch, and and it just stirs me and it moves me every time. Because as I said in the beginning of the episode, we could certainly dive into the high theological parts of the incarnation and you know pop, bust open the catechism and do all those things. But I think that there's enough people probably at this time of year doing that. And what we're known for doing is really just trying to make things relatable to people mm-hmm. and to make them really just hit them on a level of, of understanding like this was done for me. And so, you know, the song, the manger, you know, folks, it's out there on everything, iTunes, Spotify, go out there and just search the manger and you'll see it. And it's a wonderful song and it's a short song, but you know, I pulled some of the lines from it and I wanted to just read some of that. So first I want to start off with a chorus and the chorus says from the highest of the high to the lowest of the low, that stable tells the story of the distance you will go. For the lonely and the lost, there's no sinner too far gone to find a savior lying in the manger. And I just I feel like there's so many people out there that Christmas has become everything that you see commercialized and all that. And for a lot of people, it can be a very lonely time, right? And so many people are lonely most of their life as it is, right? Even if you're surrounded by people, there's so many silent sufferers out there as we've talked about so much. And to in in to those people, it can feel like okay, well, all the Jesus stuff, that, that's for everybody else, right? That's for all the good people. That's for all the people that aren't negative to all the people that haven't struggled in their life, the people who haven't made mistakes. But what this first chorus of this song really talks about is, like, Jesus chose to come from the highest of the high, mm-hmm. from heaven, from the throne, sitting at the right hand of God the Father, and willingly chose to come from the highest of the high to the lowest of the lows. Like, he could have been born, and I think there's another line in the song that says, you could have chose a palace or a king, but instead you chose this. And it, it it just really makes me realize that the truth of that statement, that Jesus could have been like, oh, I'm going to come in and be you know the wealthiest guy in the world. I'm going to have an easy life, and I'm just going to make myself you know millions of armies of people, and we're just going to take over and make everybody Christian and subservient to what we want and right. all those things. But instead he chose the lowliest of the low to be, to be born in a cave. Right. Right. I, we say a manger, but it's mm-hmm. a cave. Right, surrounded by animals and dung, and and just just a place where no one would really like, no one would go. That's where I want to be right, born, right? Right, but that's where he chose, so that we could see that, and then and it would become he, he would be relatable to us, mm-hmm. right? That it would it would become real to us, and and something that we could see and touch, and not this this sort of thing that would be hard for us to to sort of grasp. Well, you're you're kind of referring to, uh, and because we had a conversation beforehand, and like how majority of the mythologies of the ancient Greeks and the Romans and even ancient cultures, their gods all had like very powerful, like, here, look at me, look what I can do. This yeah. is why you should fear me. Well, you know, and, and Christ worked on the opposite side of, of it all. Like, you know, if if you were to write, you know, again, by from a personal human's perspective, you would you would create it like they did in the Matrix, right? Yeah. Like Neo, like Jesus being Neo, like stopping instead of the bullets, the arrows or the rocks flying out, you yeah, know, sure. and like and then picking it and going like this. You yeah. Know? So it's like, but but that's how we we see greatness in that way. 
our yeah. perspective, like the human condition of what greatness is, is, is power, authority, and and like crushing the enemy. But that's not how God sees power. Yeah, power. His power is through love yeah. and through mercy and forgiveness, and by being like and creating the humblest scene in the world for His own Son to come down and and to to be incarnate and to become our Savior. Yeah, I mean. That's so antithesis of what Hollywood w- would see as a hero, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that's who God is. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because we were watching Percy Jackson and yeah. the Lightning Thief, you know, last night. The movie that's been out for years because there's a new Disney series coming out next week or the 20th or something that the kids are, you know want to watch. And so we're watching that, and like the gods are just mean and horrible, and like, and that's the way they're always depicted and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like that's not who our God was, like. You know, he wasn't looking for slaves and all these things. He was, he was looking for us to see him as a father. And you know, you're right. The, the way that we portray all these 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 superheroes and everything is like this power and all this stuff. But our Lord chose to come as a vulnerable, helpless child, mm-hmm. right? Who had to be waited on and served by a mother and father who had to be cared for. Right, he didn't just come in on a blaze of glory with you know throwing lightning bolts and all that mm-hmm. stuff. To your point, he came in in the most it was like mind-blowing way that it just doesn't make sense to most people right and that's why so it, it seems so distant so time so many times like i just can't believe god would do that like mm-hmm. why would what kind of god like god doesn't make himself like that but our god chose to right, right? because that's that's it, it, that way we can it, it just yes it can be unfathomable in some way but it also allows it to him to be right there to be to be reachable mm-hmm. right to be to be um there, there for us to be able to grasp, right? And so, you know, the second line, or I think it's actually the second chorus, uh, or not the chorus, but the second verse of that song is the guy singing Josh Turner, and he says, there's a star up in the sky that's calling all the least of these. Come make your way to where your hope is found. You know, if I'm honest, some days I feel too far out of reach, but the manger reminds me that love reached down. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like a couple things in that is just to where your hope is found. Right, like all of us at some point in our life, I don't care if you're the most formed Catholic in the world, we need hope. Yeah. Right. And and it's so easy to lose that. The world can beat on you so hard and the devil can beat on you so hard and relationships and you know, humans aren't perfect and we can have a lot of people that aren't the greatest people in our lives to us and we can lose hope. But this reminder of Christmas isn't just about a tree and lights and presents and those are all nice things. But what it's really about is understanding that hope has a name, mm-hmm. right? And that name is Jesus Christ, and that he loved you so much that he came down into the lowliest of situations to be present for you. And this is, again, what we have to start to personalize in our in our faith is like, mm-hmm. this isn't just an incarnation for everybody else in the world or my neighbor down the street or the people that go to the church I go to and just them. This is for me too, Right, and we have to come into that realization that this isn't just some time of the year to sing cute Christmas songs about away in a manger and all that stuff, but realizing, looking at things, and going, "What really happened here? There was someone." So God the Father loved us so much, and and, and that, that He sent His only Son, and at some point, that only Son had to say, "I want to do this." Mm-hmm. Right, he he wasn't made and commanded to do this. He was asked by the Father to do this, and Jesus said yes. And then he came into the lowliest of standards and brought himself up in the poorest of places, right, quiet for 33 years of his life. And what does he do? Then he goes the distance to the cross, 
right? And that's the thing is I love about this song is that main verse that says, you know, the distance he will go. Well, Victor, there is no distance that he won't go for us. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing, like how many of us sit there all day long and we wish that people would care for us and we wish that people gave a damn about us and we think that like I would give anything for anybody that really cared about me, but the most important person in the history of the of the of the world, of the universe, cared so deeply about you individually that he took all and all of this, left all the 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 power and the might and all those things and was born as this helpless baby to die. The reason he was born was to die. Yeah. Like, think about that. Like, that was the reason for him to be born and to come into existence was to die. And what if you were to know that before you were born? Like, okay, uh, you're going to be made to live for 33 years and then you're going to die a horrible death. And who would willingly say, yeah, like, I'll sign up for that. Mm-hmm. I think most of us would be like, can I just stay here? It's kind of nice here. Like, I don't want to go there. Right? I don't want to do that. They're nice and everything, but I don't <laughs> right. I don't know that I want to go through all that. But yet God did. With all that power, with all that glory, with all that might, with all the choices to do it any other way, he said, no, this is the way, and I care so much for them that I'm going to come into this into this world in this in this, this un, un... I can't even think of the word. Like, just un... Imaginable way, right? This un uh, like fireworks weren't going off. There weren't trumpets. Right. There weren't parades. There was just this quiet little place the Lord was born into. Right. You could say inconceivable. Yeah, yeah inconceivable. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then he goes through this just really non spectacular right. life up into his thirties, and then and then he goes marching directly to what he knows he has to do for us. And I just I think we can get lost on that in this season and. And forget how much hope that that should bring us. Mm-hmm. That like no matter where you get in your life, that there's someone who gave his life for yours, not for you to walk around and feel like there's no hope for you, but for the exact opposite, for you to see the great love and hope that awaits for you if you start to see and believe in mm-hmm. this and then give your trust and put your trust into it. And going back to that song, I, th- I think the reason why humans, uh, we write songs because it's it's a reminder and impactful of what is really going on. You know, a lot of us know, you know, growing up in a, in a Christian nation or in a Christian family home uh, or a faith-filled home, uh, it may not be Christian, but anyways, you're formed in some form of faith. But you come to identification real, re- realizing that there's something greater than you. And wh- however you come across that path, you know, you may realize that that you know through your your life and growth you recognize that something special happened here i don't want to know what it is i don't know who you know i know it's more than me and you take thankful credit for that you know it's like thank you for the creator whoever in the world did this for me but when you become like a person of faith you go deeper you dive deeper into it songs that have more meaning of like your faith speak to you in such a manner that it unwraps your emotional case to where you become bare and you receive everything. Like, yeah. you know, all of us have listened to a song that moved us so much that we're like, we, we're just captivated, not in the lyrics, but in the song and in the meaning. And I think that is kind of like, you know, what why Christmas carols are so important. Because not only it's tied to the meaning of the lyrics, but also memories. Yeah. Like when we were children or when we were with our grandparents or our parents who were maybe no longer here. You know, but also we're, we're forming a connection of, of, God, of Christ and God, and thank you so much for everything you've done for me, continue to do for me, and will do for me. Yeah. And I think that's why songs are such an important pull 
on our hearts because our mind can be so like a blocking mechanism for them. Like you said this before, the, the usually the longest distance the world is from the head to the heart. Yeah. And somewhere in between there, Christ is waiting for us to kind of recognize him in any aspect of our lives and our actions and our faith and, and our, and our um, being objectively obedient, meaning that like we're, we're obedient to do everything we can for him. Yeah. And sometimes our, our head goes, wait a minute, you know, may prevent us from that. But like this is the season where you let your heart lead you. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and, and hopefully – you know, I, I know how how busy, especially this week before Christmas, can get. You know, mm-hmm. people are frantic and they're trying to take care of everything. That's the head Families taking over, in right? The head part's stuff. taking over. Right. Logistics, cost, yeah. affection. You know, like how this this is costing too much. This this, but like, like you said, let the heart lead during yeah. the season. Yeah. Well, and it's almost like mask can just be something like, hey, where are we going to fit that in with yeah. everything else? Mm-hmm. And which one are we going to go to where we can get home in time to get the turkey out of the oven? And, da, 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 da. and it becomes about everything else. And this year it's going to be even crazier because you know Christmas uh, Eve falls on Sunday, so right. you've got two masses to fit in and all that stuff that you got to figure out where you're going to. And, and what a blessing that is, right, to even go to Mass twice on the same day um, to celebrate our Lord. But but yeah, it, it, we can get so caught up in all of that that we forget about what's important and and to be moved by what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that mass is like you can almost feel the anticipation in the room, you know, in the church from a lot of people. They're like, they can't wait to get home and have that Christmas dinner. And mm-hmm. they're going to that early mass so they can have that food and open those presents and watch, you know, uh, you know, it's a wonderful life or whatever and, and do all the other things that you do on Christmas night. But like my hope for myself and through this show, if it's making any sense at all, hopefully it is, is it's a call to people to remember what's been done mm-hmm. and the hope it should bring. Like people say, well, Christmas is supposed to be a joyful time. It's stressful and it doesn't feel joyful. It's because we're not concentrating on the right things. If we really understand and focus on those things, then we should be brought to tears at that Christmas Eve mass mm-hmm. when we're sitting there and we're realizing that, yes, we're celebrating the birth of our Lord, but we also come to understand what that baby is going to grow into, a man who is going to give his very life for ours. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, I was looking at something the other day. I was looking on Instagram, and, and, you know, Bill Donnie, our buddy, was on there, and he's doing this thing with TOB now where he's kind of like, they'll show a video of, of something in the bottom corner of the, of the reel, and it's like a Joe Rogan thing, and he comments on it yeah. or whatever. And it was Braveheart, and it was the last scene of the movie, you know, where, where William Wallace, Mel Gibson's character, is, you know, in the beginning of the movie, they killed his wife. And, and, and so he goes on a vengeance and he tries to, to free yeah. Scotland and all this stuff, and uh, he's from, very, very driven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he goes to and yeah. he's and he's just winning these incredible, like these unsurmountable odds. They're right. winning these battles, and they're trying to crown him a king. And he's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not that. I'm just this mm-hmm. warrior." And so finally, they they capture him. You know, he has someone betray him. Yeah, um, and just like Jesus, right? Yeah. And so he's he's laying there on this torture rack. And all these people are surrounding him, and you've got that haunting music playing in the background. Mm-hmm. And they're basically, you know, for children in the car, sorry about this, cover your ears, but they're basically cutting him open and pulling out his insides one by disemboweling, one. Disemboweling, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're disemboweling him. And, and they're basically whispering in his ear, you know, just cry out mercy. Just cry out mercy, and this can all be over. Mm-hmm. We want you to submit, right? right? We want you to surrender. And it's showing the English king dying at the same time and all those things. And and finally, it says the prisoner wishes to speak, and even his own men are sitting there saying, "Just say mercy, William. Mm-hmm. Just say mercy." 
And in that moment, you know, Mel Gibson is just writhing and his eyes are closed. And, of course, he has those crazy blue eyes anyway. But all of a sudden, when he leans in to hear him whisper what he thinks is going to be a whisper of mercy, he cries out with all of his being, freedom, you know, Mm -hmm. freedom. Mm -hmm. And every time I think about that or watch that, like, I want to cry. And, like, right now, the hair on my arms are standing up. And watching Bill, he was just sitting there and he started crying in the video. And it's just like those things move us, mm-hmm. right? And this should be the same way that we're moved at Christmas, that that God loved us so much that he that He chose to, to come down here into a situation where he was born to die. And it starts here. And like I said, we can, we can have our, our cute manger scenes and all those things and just forget the gravity of what this does. And yet, it, in the same moment, Jesus is being placed into this manger and it's almost that cry of a child is crying freedom, mm-hmm. right? Freedom. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm here for is my father has sent me to do the one thing that is going to win you back, to bring you back into the realization right. that you are not slaves, that you were not you were not some cosmic mistake that wasn't meant to happen, that your life isn't meaningless, that you're not some piece of garbage, that you're worth saving, right? And so a savior was born. That's what it says. I mean, in John 1, what does it say? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the God and the Word was God. He was God, was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent or of human decision or of husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. I, that, I love reading that piece of poetry by John mm-hmm. in the beginning of, of John, because it's just like, this is it. This is the love story. And we look at this and folks, if you have never looked at the, at the, at, at our faith and as the Bible is a love story, then, then please change your mind on that. Because the first half of it is a father that's chasing after us again and again and again just doing everything he can to get us to look at him and realize that he is the answer and he is the way and that that he is the, a loving father and we keep messing it up and so what does he do Jesus he asks his son to come and give his life and Jesus willingly willingly does it mm-hmm. and it's the beginning it's like the the crescendo if you will or or the rising if you will right. of this story that has been sort of depressing and sort of you know just hopeless in some points in the old testament and then here comes this great hope right this this god who who again there's no distance that he won't go for us that he sends his only his only son and then he comes down and then begins this rise to the ultimate sacrifice and the ultimate gift and the greatest thing that anyone could ever do for you in your life and it starts here in seven days in seven days at christmas Mm -hmm. tomorrow this will be tuesday so six days here at Christmas, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, the most important event in the history of the world, God choosing to become man, mm-hmm. to become one of us, not just to walk with us, but to take on all of our faults, all of our failures, all of our sins, and to pay the ultimate price. 
And that all begins here now, not when Lent starts, right? right? Now, when the, when the Son of God was born and chose to give his life for ours. And so I hope, Victor, it's my prayer that as we go into this weekend, that we understand what's been done for us. Again, St. Irenaeus, he says this, For this is why the Word became man, and the Son of God became the Son of man, so that by entering into communion with the Word and thus receiving divine, divine sonship, we might become sons of God. That's what this is about, is that this young baby, this God chose to be born as this young baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes, born to 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 marry this gift of a young virgin mm-hmm. and to an imperfect father here in the world that guided him and raised him and set him on his path so he could go to that cross, right? Born in a place of, it's actually concrete, but most of the songs say wooden nails, mm-hmm. and then he could go and find himself giving his life on that same wood and nails for us. And so my hope is for this Christmas Mass, whichever one you go to, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, Midnight Mass, that we all, as we sit there, we're not thinking ahead to what's coming or Santa Claus or any of that stuff, but we're taking a moment to really sit there and listen to our Lord yell freedom. Freedom, because that's what he came to bring, that freedom freedom and that peace and that hope, right? And, and, And as you're sitting there, and maybe you feel lost, and maybe you feel... Like there's no hope for you that hope is a person and that person is Jesus Christ and he came into this world not so that you could sit here in your life and be hopeless but so that you could be full of hope and joy and peace and it starts this coming week on the birth of our Lord Victor I don't know if you've got any closing thoughts here or anything you want to say to the folks out there about Christmas or about this year or anything but I want to give you that opportunity now to to say whatever's on your heart man well I'm pretty much basically just on piggybacking on top of what we already talked about, obviously, yeah, is is just just focus on. I know there's some people having difficulty with finances. Some people maybe have difficulty with family members. Some people maybe have difficulty with their children, or they're they're young or adult or whatever. Um, some of us may have older parents that are dealing with illnesses, you know, and so, or some of us may have already lost someone, you know. Uh, just recently, and Christmas is around is coming around the corner, and they don't know how to celebrate that with the loss of that individual is no longer there in their lives, and that's okay. And just really focus on on praying and 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 being present with God and saying, you know, thank you for all that you've done for me, and thank you for the gifts that I do have, and 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 help me be what I need to be. You know, I yeah. think every we look as a new year's a renewal of everything. You know. Um, but also look at uh, Christmas as a celebration of Christ coming down, but but also a celebration of who you are supposed to be. Yeah. Well said, well said. And folks, again, out there, you know, Christmas can be a tough time of year. I know there's a lot of people out there, as Victor said, struggling with a lot of things. But just remember, no matter how far away you feel from God, from your church, from the family, from your family, anywhere else in your life, there's no distance that Jesus won't go for you. And that he hasn't gone for you. And that there is a place and he wants you to come back to where your hope is found, as it says in that song. So folks, go and listen to that song. Listen to the manger. Listen to all these other carols about what Jesus has done and personalize it. Let this be the year, if it's never been before for you, where you sit down and you realize when you're in that mass, you allow yourselves not to think ahead to what's coming or the dinner or the presents or the family or all the never-ending list of dues and the different houses you have to go to and all of that. Forget about all that and sit in that pew 
and realize that God loved you, you, not everybody else, and you, you, right? Personalize that and remember that he went to the great lengths for you to understand that there is hope and that there is love, and it's found by realizing the great act of love that was given for you on that Christmas day that started that day so Jesus could become man and walk to that cross and take your place. So folks, as we come to an end here again, I just want to say thank you for a wonderful 2023. Thank you for supporting us on YouTube, through our podcast and all the different platforms. Thank you to all of you that came out to all the parish missions, to all the priests that trusted us to come in to to minister to your to your flock and to your people. Thank you for that. Just all the relationships we've made this year, it is so great to look back at all the cities, all the states, all the channels we've been on, all those things, and just think about all the blessings and the friends that we are able to make along the way. Thank you to those that give, and thank you to those that will consider giving to us here at the end of this year. So, Victor, let's take all this to prayer and offer up 2024 and everything to come for all those that have supported us and for all of those that have been listening and, and, and for your families out there. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we are so undeserving of your great love and sacrifice. It is so hard to think that we serve a God that would do that for us who are so undeserving of it. Help us, Lord, especially those who are captive, to come to recognize and believe in your great love for us. And Jesus, this Christmas, please let us come to know you more deeply so that we can find the hope that we all so desperately long for and need. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.